0: This is the Impact Church podcast. Here at Impact, we believe a powerful word at the right time can help you overcome any challenges you are facing. Wherever you are listening or whatever you're going through, we pray this message speaks exactly to your need. Enjoy. We're going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, if you have a paper Bible, verse 25. And as you do that, um, they're going to put up the other leaderboard. They first had it before I was um, preparing for this message, and I was thinking about all the things that people do or that I've heard over the years that people do to sustain life, to um, expand life. Um, I was at physical therapy a few weeks ago, and a gentleman was telling me about how one of the reasons why so many people want to go to Mars is because time operates different when you're not on Earth. And so when people go to Mars or in and if that happens, they would age differently. So the hope is that they can extend their life or expand their life. Then I thought about when I was uh, a teenager and I forgot, I might have been Michael Jackson, but somebody wanted to, when they died, they wanted them to freeze their body so that they could come back you know, down the road in case you know, they had a new, cure or something like that, and, and they can live and live again. Then I was online this week, and by the way, that's called cryonetics. I guess it's called cryonetics because people are still crying that it had not worked yet. <laughs> but I was online this week, and I saw this. This is a leaderboard by a gentleman named Brian Johnson. He's a biotech CEO. And his, his desire, he's 45 years old. His desire is to unlock the secret to reverse aging. And with that, hopefully expand his life. And so what he has done is, and I don't know how long he's been doing it for, but he's taken a regimen of vitamins, a regimen of, of herbs and natural things and, um, and a whole lot of tests, daily tests. And I'm talking about by 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning, he's popped 24 probably different pills and and, um, and he's got exercises, but what he has discovered, this is what I want you to notice, what he has discovered, you can look it up later, his name is Brian Johnson, it's called Project Blueprint. What he has discovered so far, early glimpses, I'm going to read to you the article, show that he may be on track to unlocking the secret to age reversal. His test results from doctors suggest that Johnson has a heart of a 37-year-old that has gone backwards. The skin of a 28-year-old, and the lung capacity of an 18-year-old. Ain't that something? And I think it's amazing, but here's what I still know. No matter what we do to expand or extend life, physically, we're still eventually going to die because death at its root is not a physical problem, it's a spiritual problem. But the good news about it is you can stop searching because the answer to all of that has already been discovered. He's called Jesus, the bread of life. And so this morning we're going to kick off on the first I am, right? The choir just told you a little bit about who I am is, but the first I am we're picking, off, picking up with is Jesus, the bread of life. And, and this is specifically for this morning, you that may be concerned about aging, you may that be concerned about dying, you that may have lost your way from, from God and want to get back in relationship with him, or maybe you're just empty or dissatisfied with your own existence, your own life, and, and some of us sometimes, you're going to find out this morning, you may have even prayed for a miracle, listen to what I'm going to say to you, that you did not get, and I want to show you something even greater than that this morning. Are you guys ready? All right. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 25. It says this. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, which is meaning teacher, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Verse 28, then they asked him, what must we do to work? What must we do to do the works God requires? Isn't that something, the first thing we think of to get closer to God? What do I have to do? What's the work I have to do, right? What do I got to do to get right and be right and, and all that kind of stuff before God? He says, oh, where did he say I lost my place? Agent is real. I'm going to need that. Where's Brian? What's his name? Brian Johnson. Uh uh-huh. What sign? The work of God. Okay. Oh, here it is. The work of God is this: to believe in the one He sent. He has sent. Notice, it's not doing; it's believing. Verse thirty. So they asked them, "What sign, then, will He? What sign, then, will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat." Jesus, in verse 32, says unto them, Very truly I say unto you, It is not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So, to really appreciate all that's going on here, there's a couple of things you got to know before we could even talk about what we just read. So, in John chapter 8, Jesus makes a very heavy statement. Two chapters ahead. Jesus makes a very heavy statement. And um, Abraham, they were talking about Abraham, and they said, and, 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 and Jesus said, Oh, Abraham, rejoice to see my day. Now, you got to know that Abraham is like, almost 2,000 years before Christ on earth. Jesus said, Abraham rejoices him. They said, what's wrong with him? Don't, how are he going to say Abraham rejoices to see his day? He ain't, even, he ain't even 50 years old. How can you say Abraham rejoices to see your day? You ain't that old. You ain't, you ain't been around as long as Abraham. He said, he said yes, but before Abraham, I am. And immediately, you know exactly what that meant for them that heard it that day. Because immediately, they picked up stones. Oh, hold up. You don't cross the line there. You don't blaspheme God. Because when he said that I am, he was actually declaring his divinity. And how do you know that, preacher? Because how many of you remember, we were talking about Moses last week, and God sent Moses, and when Moses was going back to the children of Israel, he hadn't been around for 40 years, and the last they heard, he was a murderer. And he, God said, no, no, I'm going to use you to deliver them. And he says, wait, when the children of Israel ask, under what authority, and who sent me, what am I to tell them? And he said, who am I to tell them that sent me? And God says, back to, back to Moses, Moses, tell them that I am, that I am sent you. Also translated, I am who I am. In other words, the difference Jesus is saying to the, to the Jews, Jesus is saying to them, yes, Abraham was born. He said, but before Abraham, I existed. I didn't have to enter into existence. I was already in existence. So what Jesus is saying is, when you see me, you've seen God. Because everything God can do, I can do because I am God. So John's gospel does a lot on that. Every gospel writes from a different vantage point. It's like three people can see the same accent, and somebody's going to highlight a different detail. Five people will watch the Super Bowl today, and everybody will highlight something different. So John's gospel highlights the divinity of Christ. John's gospel says, For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? He's establishing the fact that if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. But how many, I know sometimes folk ain't ready for who you really are. <laughs> so it took some time when Jesus showed up because they didn't want to ex- receive him for who he actually was. So, so Jesus begins to show him, show them throughout John's gospel, not just this, this specific one in John eight in John six today, but in John eight where he says he says that I am essentially I am or I am that I am. What he's showing them throughout it is the other ones that we're looking at is a bit different because he's using I am, but instead of just saying I am that I am or I am God, he then begins to say I am and then uses a metaphor to attach to in other words he takes something that we understand. So that when he says that I am, we can understand when he says I am the bread of life, what that means to us, right? Because we don't really understand God. So God will use things that we do understand. We understand what a father is. Anybody understand what I'm saying this morning? We understand what a son is. We understand what light does. So God will use things that you can understand, that you can have a, Jesus used things that you can understand, that you can have a clearer picture of who God is. And not just who God is, but who God is to you. So throughout John's gospel, he gives seven I am statements. He talks about I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door that the sheep go to. I am Let's see, what else I forgot about? I told you I Jesus. Mm. Mm. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. He's beginning to show thank you. See, this is why you got to have technology. So, what I want you to understand during this campaign is every one of those I am statements is for you. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Let me say. This every one of those I am statements is not for him. He knows who he is. He understands who he is. But every one of those I am statements are for you. Say that. They're for me. And it's not for your head knowledge alone. It's for your heart knowledge too because God wants to change your life. So today we look at John chapter 6 where he says the very first I am statement Jesus makes is that I am the bread of life. But as we're in John chapter 6, before we get down to where we are today, we got to go back to where we were prior. And you're going to know this one that I'm going to talk about. The day before Jesus says that I am the bread of life, he has the crowds and the 12 disciples on a field trip. Sometimes the best way to learn is not in the classroom, but it's in the room of life. So he takes them out for a field trip, and he does a little STEM experiment with them. So they're out in the the wilderness, and in the Bible, the word wilderness and desert are the same. You should know that. So if you hear one, it's the same as the other, right? He takes them out into the desert. We're talking about crowds. Let me say thousands. And uh, it's starting to get late. And you know how folk get when it's late and they're hungry. They get grumpy and tired and weary and hangry and all that kind of stuff. So Jesus and the disciples talk about it. And he's like, look, we're going to have to feed them. And the disciples saying, what's wrong with him? Don't he know Panera is way across town? There's no way we're going to be able to feed all these people that that would take six months worth worth of wages to feed all these people if we did have it and if there was something. And then Jesus says, seize a little boy. Uh He brought his lunchbox with him. Inside his lunchbox. Uh He has two fish. Don't act like you didn't have a lunchbox when you was little. (laughs) Don't, just don't. He had two fish, maybe he was going to make tuna fish, I don't know, but he had two fish inside his lunchbox and five loaves of bread. And Jesus tells the disciples to bring them to him. And how many of you know that after Jesus got finished blessing it and breaking it, that the bread multiplied and fed 5,000 men? That's a big challenge right there because trying to feed the two men that was coming up in our house, we almost went broke. 5,000 men is a big challenge. But not only was it 5,000 men, it was likely 5,000 women too with every one of those men. And at least, at least one child, but probably more than one child. So likely over 15, way over 15,000 people were filled. That's a big deal. But then Jesus... Leaves. If the day starts getting dark, he leaves. Because they want they saw this, they're like, Oh, we can take over, we can take over, you know, we can rule now, we can come under Roman oppression, come out from under. He this this is the prophet. We can do something. He's ah. Like, oh, they're not gonna take me like that. No, no, I know what I'm here for. So he goes away. The next day is where we wind up at. The next day, brand new day, Jesus is on the other side of town. They get there and the first thing you read is they say, well, when did you get here? Because the last time they saw him, he was on the other side of town. And and he says, wait a minute. Did you, you didn't come to seek me because you weren't looking for me because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your full. He said, in other words, you didn't come for me because you saw the sign. He said, you came for me because Panera was closed. said you came because you wanted more free bread. And it's interesting because John, another trick or thing that John does consistently is he uses his word. Mark doesn't do it. Luke doesn't do it. Matthew doesn't do it. But John consistently uses the word sign. Sign. And the reason why John uses the word sign in his Gospels is because a sign is, first of all, something that gives you direction when you're lost. And a sign also points you in the right way because it points to something that is of greater value to you, watch this, than itself. Okay, Let's, let's see if we get this. If there were an emergency right now, we had to evacuate this building there's signs for everyone in the exits. Those signs are nice, but the emergency exit that they point to are greater than the sign itself. When you're on 285, or 20, and and you need to get to Atlanta or Augusta, you want the sign, not because the sign is so great, but because the sign points you to something greater than itself. So Jesus says, you didn't come following me because you saw the sign. You just came back for more of the sign. When we first moved to Atlanta, um, my mother, who used to be a member, she went on to be with the Lord in 2017. But when we first moved down here, she came and stayed at our house. We were living in Lithonia, and um, I think it was still just three of us, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, well, anyway, I had to take her back to the airport, and she was going back to Long Island, New York. And so I drove all the way out to Hartsfield, dropped her off. I left. I was leaving Hartsfield, and I guess. I didn't even notice, but I, had, I missed my sign. So I was just driving right along. You know, it all looked the same to me because I didn't know Atlanta. So I'm driving right along. I'm like, boy, this sure is taking a long time. Context, we didn't have cell phones then. We didn't have GPS. So here I'm just driving along, driving along. I'm like, oh no! This now this is starting to look weird because I don't remember seeing that. And then you know, then I'm starting to see downtown. I'm like, I don't remember seeing that either on the way here. I'm like, oh no! I must have missed the turn. Oh. So then I see Highway 78. Woo! I want to shout. And I'm just driving down Highway 78, just going bump 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 bump. I'm like, this don't look a thing like what I remember. Just going, just going, just going. Y'all, I wasn't on Highway 78, Stone Mountain Highway 78. Mm -mm -mm. I was on Bankhead (laughs) Highway 78 True story True story I said, gee, listen By the time I finally figured out How to get back home This is a true story My mother was back on Long Island Before I got back to Lithonia True story True story. You know why? Because every time you miss the sign, you miss your turn. And so Jesus was given the sign so that they can make the turn. And the turn was not to lead them back to the sign. The turn was to lead them back to Jesus. He wanted them to turn to Jesus that he would be their bread. He wanted them to turn to him that he would sustain them. He wanted them to turn to him that they would find satisfaction in him, not in the bread. But see, the problem was for them as it is sometimes still for us today. Oftentimes, we get so caught up in what Jesus can do for us, we miss who he can be to us. Give me more bread. Give me more bread. Give me more bread. He said, I don't want to just give you bread. I want to become your bread. I don't want to just give you this. I want to become exactly what you need. Because essentially everybody who eats bread still dies. Well, pastor, what is bread? Why he said bread? What is so special? Many reasons why he said bread many reasons. Bread is considered the, the thing that is essential to sustaining life. And that's one of the reasons why, you can look this up too, one of the reasons why mm, you call this bread. You call this dough. Because bread is what Sustains life. And so Jesus is saying to him, everybody who eats, listen to this, everybody who eats physical bread is still going to die. He's contrasting himself, watch this, to even what happened in the wilderness with Moses. He says, you know what, your fathers ate bread um, and bread came down from heaven. And even though the bread, watch this, even though the bread came down from heaven, they still died. Because physical bread cannot sustain you. Because your greatest need is not natural, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. So physical things can't satisfy spiritual emptiness. So he's using... Their hunger. The reason why he could have, you know, Jesus could have finished the lesson on, on the first day. He said, "No, nah, nah, I'm gonna give them to day two because I already know once they eat this, they're gonna try to follow me. But I'm gonna wait till they're not full, but till they're empty. And when they're empty, I'm gonna show them through their physical emptiness what it looks like to be spiritually empty. And to look for physical things." that do not satisfy. See, for you, maybe your bread right now this morning, maybe bread for you is not, you know, wonder bread, but maybe for you, your bread is booze. Oh, yeah, I ain't gonna say nothing. Or maybe for you, your bread is pornography. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Maybe, for whatever it is you look to, it could be your profession. It could be good things, y'all. It could be your profession. Maybe that's for you what you think gives you life. Maybe that for you is what you think sustains life. But Jesus said, even a good thing, even good bread that my father came down from Moses with, he said, even good bread can't sustain you. Whatever we look to to sustain us, whatever we look to to sustain life, whatever we look to for satisfaction in our life, still can't solve our problem. Because you will hunger again. You were first again. So Jesus says, when I didn't give you a miracle, when I didn't give you more bread, he said, I didn't give you more bread because I became your bread. Yes. Oh, yeah, I missed that. He said, I'm going, he said, you wanted me to do this. You wanted me to give you another blessing. But I'm going to be the blesser in your life. You wanted me to give you more bread. But I'm going to be the thing, the one that gives you satisfaction. I'm going to be the one that sustains you. When you're tired, I will sustain you. Because, see, that bread is going to wear out again. That car is going to wear out again. That job will wear out one day. Your body will wear out one day. But I'll be the bread that satisfies you when you're hungry. I'll be the bread that keeps you when you're lonely. I'll be the bread that... Del- when you can't deliver yourself, I want to be your bread. Because often, you know, when we think about all the things that the devil gets us trapped in and all of us are subject to be trapped or to fall into temptation, or whatever the case may be. So let's, let's be clear about that. And how he does it for us is we try to use a physical thing to solve a spiritual problem. How many of y'all have ever been depressed? Just put them up. How many of y'all, keep them, keep them up. How many of y'all just kept right on eating when you was depressed? Mm-hmm. Mm, put them down. Mm-hmm. We try to use physical things to deal with the spiritual emptiness and the spiritual brokenness. People use all kinds of things. They use entertainment and pleasures. They use other people. They say, if I can get this person, I'll feel better about myself. And the truth is, Jesus says, yeah, but just for a day or two. Because that bread doesn't last eternally. That bread won't last you a lifetime, but the bread I give you And so what he wants you to know this morning is that he is the bread. He is the sustenance that sustains, satisfies, and sustains you. So you never said don't allow what Jesus, well, don't allow what you want from Jesus to do for you to cause you to miss who he is or can be to you. I'm going to say it again. Don't allow what you want him to do for you to cause you to miss who he can be to you. Because if he doesn't give you exactly what you want when you want it, it's because he wants to be something to you. So here's where Jesus, after showing them the day before, the next day he does what what my kindergarten teacher used to do. She would do show and tell. So the day before He shows them there's enough bread for everybody. Everybody can eat today. Nobody has to leave here empty. Nobody has to leave here dissatisfied. Nobody has to leave here dead. He says, but I got enough bread for everybody. 5,000, their families, their wife, their children. It's more than enough. Come eat. You that have no money. Come by, you that have no money. He says, come, I got enough of everybody. Because I'm not going to give you more bread. I'm going to become the bread that you eat myself. He says, I want you to understand that I'm giving you physical, I'm not giving you physical bread, I'm giving you spiritual bread giving you spiritual bread and it's going to watch this sustain you how spiritually spiritually because typically the things that get us in bondage are the things that we run to instead of Jesus to solve our spiritual emptiness that loved one that you're praying for The reason why they're bound is that they don't realize that they could have bread to sustain them and bread to satisfy them and bread that fills them versus the bread that they've sought out that's got them in bondage. Jesus is using the bread that he blessed and broke and gave to point back to himself because he himself becomes the bread that's blessed, broken and given, which is why we celebrated last Sunday, communion Sunday the Lord's Supper, because when we didn't have bread, he said, I'm not going to just give you bread for tomorrow. I'm going to give you bread for eternity. I myself will become your bread. That's why we celebrate. He could have just gave us a holdover, but he gave us a carryover into eternity. He could have just gave us something to provide for yesterday, but he gave us something to provide for tomorrow too. He's not just giving you something that's temporary. He's giving you something that is eternal. don't allow what you want Jesus to do for you to cause you to miss who he can be to you. Because he wants to be your bread. Tell somebody he wants to be your bread. I'm almost finished. Nah, nah, i want to see the Super Bowl. I'm almost finished. I got to get ready. I heard that. <laughs> I guess if I could say it a different way, he's not content, Christian. Christian, he's not content just being your meal ticket. He wants to be your meal. He's not content just being your meal ticket. Give me more free bread. Give me another answer to prayer. Make another way out of no way. Open up another door. Heal this. He said, I can do those things, but I'm not content just doing those things. I don't want to just be your meal ticket. I want to be your meal. I don't want to just be, you know, the one that just the, the your, your charger that, that jumps your, your battery. He said, I want to be the battery in your life. What I know about bread, physical bread, that is the same with spiritual. I don't care how hungry I am. Well, thank you. You have to lift the whole table. I appreciate you, though. What I know about physical bread, I don't care how hungry you are. It only benefits you once you have partaken personally. Mm -mm, You missed that. Because the bread of life could be right in front of you your whole life. And you still die of hunger. So it's not enough that my parents had Jesus. It's not enough that my grandparents had Jesus. But I got to come to the table myself i got to protect myself as a personal thing. i got to receive Jesus myself on the inside. He's got to become the living bread for me. It's a personal decision. You can sit all your life and you can watch folks that have joy and have peace. And even though they're going through life's hardships and life's heartaches, they still got their mind. They still have their joy. They still have peace. And yet, we'll watch them and say, well, no, I don't want that. Knowing that we're broke up, torn, but listen—if you want the peace and the joy that they have, it's available to you. But he's got to be received personally. So, huh? The cross said, "Oh, woo! Now I get it." Give us this bread always, that we, that we always have it. You know, I'm tired of going to Publix anyway. If you can just make it so I always got it, it'd be nice and easy, and got to have no Amazon Fresh delivery or nothing. He said, "Oh, they still don't get it." He said, "He said, you know, when Moses fed you." No, they said, He said, "Well, they said, well, you know, our ancestors, you know, we in the wilderness, and Moses gave them bread." I'm going to rewind that one and give it in urban. (laughs) Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about because you can't beat this thing because you know what our ancestors gave us? Bread from heaven. And I can imagine Jesus saying, your ancestors didn't give you nothing. It wasn't Moses. It was my father. My father gives bread from heaven. And the same way in the wilderness that the bread came down, called manna, is the same way that Jesus came down from the Father. But they did not want that bread. And so he's given them and us an interesting thing because, see, what I notice is that many folks have more faith in the bread that Jesus provides than in the bread that Jesus is. But if you're going to get more of Jesus, you got to not just know him for the bread that he provides, but for the bread that he is. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't none of y'all want friends that just come to you for what, you can get, what they can get from you. You want folks to love you for who you are. He said, but when you come to me for who I am, he says you can get all the bread. He said, but if you're just coming for the bread, you're gonna miss the life. Do you understand that Jesus is making a profound thing? He's saying, "Watch this. That even when my father gave bread, gave manna from heaven. I don't get no better than that. I don't care how good your cooking is." He said, "My father gave bread from heaven." what he's saying to them is all of your ancestors and my ancestors they all had that physical bread and they still died they still died after having God's bread did you catch that let me I'm gonna take it it's gonna push but I want y'all to capture something here every person that Jesus raised from the dead guess what they're dead this they're dead again. Uh Uh-huh. Every person Jesus ever healed, guess what? They're still dead. They still died. Before this, he was at the wedding. He turned water into wine, and they had enough that everybody had to fill, but guess what? Eventually, the wine ran out. Because physical bread can only sustain for time. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. See, see, yeah, we got the mindset of, of, of the guy I was telling you about earlier who he, he wants to prolong something, but even if you prolong it, it's still only for a time. So Jesus said, we've already solved that problem because the problem then, he said, I didn't just come to solve a dietary problem. I came to solve your problem with death. But if you leave it up to me, I'm going to be praying for the diet stuff and God said, I want to give you. The stuff that solves death over your life and breaks it. See that's why we don't want to just go to God for what he can do for us but for who he can be to us. So Jesus says they said, give us this bread that we can eat all the time. (laughs) Jesus said I am the bread that came down. If you eat this bread you'll never hunger again. So Each of us have a decision to make. Here's a decision. Hold on. Each of us have to decide if we want to be the baker. And we want the baker to give us what we want, when we want it, how we want it, I want mine. I want a bagel. I want it with everything on it. I want mine with butter, not margin, butter. I want it toasted, but I only want it lightly. Each of us have to decide, do we go to God because we want him to be our baker? Or do we go to him because we want him to be our bread? Because we see the value in what he's providing us. We've seen the signs in our life. We've seen the testimonies. We've seen the word of God. We've seen him keep us when we couldn't keep ourselves. We've seen him open doors that no man can close. But every one of the things he's done is all pointed back to who he is. He is the bread of life. You can stand on your feet this morning. But here's the part I like about that too. Y'all come on up. Here's the part I like about that too. He said, if you have the son you get the Father too. He that hath the Son hath the Father. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. So that means that if you have this bread, you have access to the baker. He said, he said, if you have the bread, you can ask anything on earth, and my Father in heaven will answer it if you come in my name. All I got to do is get the bread, and I can ask the baker for what I need. And what I love about it is the miracle of 5,000. Not only did Jesus feed all the men, all the women, all the children, but when it was over, he threw them bonus. They took up 12 baskets of leftovers because not only does Jesus supply and meet every one of our spiritual needs, once he's done that, he certainly can meet every one of your natural ones. He's That's the overflow of the spiritual ones. (laughs) He knows how to meet your need, and he's got enough. That's why he said... We are to pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. If I can give you eternal bread, certainly I can give you bread for the day. If I can give you eternal bread, certainly I can pay you rent. If I can give you eternal bread, certainly I can save your child. If I can give you eternal bread, certainly I can deliver you out of bondage. If he can save you eternally, he can do anything for you naturally. There's nothing too hard for God. Nothing too hard for God. That's why he said, I am that I am. I want to pray for you this morning, and I want to pray for you that might be here this morning. and You don't know Jesus like that. You know that he can do some things, but you never really thought that, God, you could be that to me. You could be my sustainer. You could be my Savior. I just want to take a moment this morning to give you an opportunity. If you're here and you don't know the Lord as Savior and Deliverer, but mostly as Lord of your life, I would love to introduce you. We would love to introduce you to Christ. You have not lived until you've received Christ. Father, thank you for every. Heart under the sound of my voice, thank you that you've come. Lord, not just that we can have another miracle, but you've come to be our miracle. You've come not just that we can enjoy life, but you've come to be our life. Abundant life, life to the full, and then eternal life, God. Touch hearts and change minds, God. Lead us and bring us and draw us back to you.